Welcome to season two of Talks and Sips. I am Jess. And I am Sassy. Okay, so I was going to wait to introduce these guys till later, but they're just going to have to <laughs> be introduced now and just kind of hang out for a little bit. So who are you guy next to me? I am Isaiah and I am Jessica's brother. Okay, third camera, who are you? And I am Mark Colty. How you guys doing? What you guys sipping? Does it spark joy? Uh, Sassy, you can go first. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know if you could hear it. I feel like I could hear it pretty well. My voice is not normal. <laughs> I'm recovering from a cough and I had a night of beverages yesterday. Yes. So <laughs> I have two drinks. I have my jug of water <laughs> and I have my um, Grogu mug with a toasted white chocolate mocha. Yes. Make sure you're drinking room temp and warm water. As people that are getting over the sickness here, <laughs> we highly recommend the warm beverages. <laughs> How about you, Mark? What are you sipping? I'm having um, the uh, GT kombucha, Synergy raw kombucha. Did you, is this a, yeah. is this a cold drink or is this like a hot tea you brew? It's a cold, it's a cold drink. Yeah. It's the cold kombucha just right from the fridge from I should be making a commercial for this stuff, yeah. But it's <laughs> it's it's good stuff, yeah. This is a free ad. It's a free <laughs> ad. I do not get any money. I I should say, not formally endorsing them yet, unless they want me to endorse their product. I'd be happy to hey. endorse it. People at GT Kombucha, if you're listening. All right. How about you, Isaiah? What's going on over here? Um, well, I had a long day yesterday, so I need a little bit of caffeine. So I am having a caramel frappuccino. <laughs> this guy lives on these I live every on. single day if of his not, life. If it's not Starbucks, it's the McDonald's one. But mm. either way, it's a caramel frapp. All right. Mm. And I myself am having a latte latte right now because that's just it's nice and warm and it has soy milk and two shots of espresso. Let's let's get the show going. <laughs> All, right. All right. So just a little recap about what's been happening this week. If you've been on social media at all, you know that everyone seems to be going crazy about the When We Were Young festival announcement. I freaked out, too. You know, so many good bands on there. And Matt. He would listen to these guys in high school, so he was pretty excited for it. Um, I know that a lot of people are like, oh, it's a scam because it's pretty sketchy. <laughs> Not going to lie. But I think it's important. You know, the whole thing about this podcast is doing your own research. So that's mm -hmm. what I did. And that's what you guys should do if you're like really concerned about it. Um, but apparently, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> apparently the festivals that other people are comparing it to besides fire or fry festival whatever they were canceled <laughs> they were canceled due to covid and they're saying that they didn't give out refunds that's actually a lie they did give people back their refunds so it's just a quick google google search away but It's really like any other show where if you decide not to go and just don't sell your ticket, obviously you're not going to get your money back because you didn't make the effort to give it back. So from what I saw, I feel like, you know, to each their own, if you want to take that risk, we were going to take that risk. But getting tickets yesterday was a nightmare and we didn't get any. <laughs> so Jess, do you think, would you have wanted to attend is a better question. That's definitely the better <laughs> question. Um <laughs> 
I am an early 90s kid, of course. My dumb little emo heart was excited about this event. I totally spanned my IG story like everyone else. I am torn <laughs> on it with so many bands and so little time allotted to each performance. And I'm short and typically end up front row in pits because otherwise I'm just looking at someone's back and that's gross. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, it causes a dilemma for me, you see, if if I have to run from stage to stage. And tickets seemed nearly impossible to get. And as we saw, it was impossible to get um, because the show was super hyped. The price point also seemed like it, you know, it fit a two day type event personally, um, not a one day event. But I do understand how, ro uh, you know, rotating stages work. And actually, so does Mark. Um, <laughs> and you can see how it, it can be feasible to have that many artists in one day. My only gripe personally, is time. It's always time. I'd rather see less bands and get more quality performances than see a bunch of bands that I can barely remember. I never actually went to Warp Tour, so I don't have that experience, musically speaking. Um, but I have gone to multiple day events. In my mind, that makes more sense, spreading it out, giving people fair play time. You know, and I, and I do want to go, But we'll probably and, and did end up opting out from buying tickets because I knew it was going to be just horrendous to get some. Um, and I had places to be at 10 o'clock on a Friday morning. Um, uh, yeah, so it is really cool that there's so many bands there. I also wanted to make sure I wasn't just going out of FOMO and because I actually really wanted to see most of these guys. Um, yeah, so I have been known to win like Coachella tickets on the radio before. So maybe I'll get lucky this time and just win tickets again. But I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> Before we go on to explore the worlds of our guests, I wanted to do a brief check-in with you as we wrap our month and we start February. It's already going to be February, you guys. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> It truly does go by. It's my birth month. It says birth month. Woo! Oh, nice. <laughs> Woo! 24 years old. 24 years old. Cece, how old are you? I'm 22. Woo! Isaiah's, Isaiah's granny over here. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it really does go by that fast. And so, you know, for the listening audience, I know we often don't make the show about us personally, although we are known to share relatable stories when we share something we've learned in that weekly theme. Today, I thought we're not robots <laughs> and, <laughs> and we, you know, we, we could just share some stuff and, you know, we're also existing relatable people. So what stuff do we have going on? Well... I basically have the same old thing going on. <laughs> I've been living the housewife's dream. Oh, my gosh. You're like my friend uh, Liz from Texas. She's like, oh, I'm the housewife right now. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty good. But <laughs> I have been staying home a lot, though, you know, on my basically I wake up and go to my computer. That's what it is. I've been job hunting and working on the podcast. So I've also gotten back in the groove of a routine. So that's nice because that's something I've noticed that I do a lot better when I have like a set plan. I know not everybody likes it, but mm -hmm. I really like it. Mm -hmm. So Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I go to the gym at 7 a.m. Mm -hmm. <laughs> with Judy and Matt if he's home. Uh, and then I come home and like make breakfast. I'm glad you're back at the gym and taking care of your health in that way. That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, no Fabi in the gym mix. That girl goes hard, doesn't she? She does. And the only issue with that is because we go at 7 a.m. She works two jobs. Oh, that's so right. she works one of those. She normally works like 5 a.m. to I don't know what time she gets out, but mm -hmm. it's 
after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're planning something so she could teach us because she she weightlifts and that's what we want to get into. Yeah. With good form and not trying to do it by yourselves with bad form. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you can get like a free trial session with the personal trainer, he'll teach you a bunch of tips and tricks because he knows you may not come back. And then that kind of <laughs> helps too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she works at a gym, so technically she could be. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. But going back to, I usually didn't eat breakfast before. And even when I was going to work at 5 a.m., my first meal would be around like 1230-ish. And it wasn't until recently where I learned, you know, t- of course, depending on different body types and if you're doing it correctly, of course, intermittent fasting can actually cause more bad than good. Um, so such as the rate of your metabolism going down rather than up. Again, it's like if you're doing it correct and if it's your physical body, because there's plenty of people who it has worked out for. But for me, I noticed that it really wasn't doing much. So I'm just like, you know what? Let me have a breakfast to keep me full and energized. That's fair. Yeah. And if you didn't know, Jess taught me how to edit mm-hmm. <laughs> last year. So I've been the one behind the Patreon interviews. So that takes a good chunk of my time since I'm still learning. And I've learned that I am a perfectionist. <laughs> you understand so. now. <laughs> So that's, you know, just editing and finding more ways to boost our content. That's what I do day to day. And I'll send Jess texts like, oh, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, you know, disc golfing more on the weekends, hanging out with friends. Nothing too crazy, though. <laughs> Those experiences all sound super great, dude. Sounds like a great way to start the year. On my end, of course, things are better. <laughs> It's been rough. Uh, Finally feeling like my body and mind are agreeing. We fear catching COVID so much, right? And a lot of those fears have come from media and the sensationalization of symptoms and that we also forget that there are so many other ailments out there that are as simple as sore throats and ear infections and things like that. All of that still exists, people. Um, (laughs) So I've been doing, you know, the things that I often neglect, which is resting. (laughs) And in the way that it looks for me what rest looks like for me which to some people it looks like work still but trust me to me it's toned down work Um, outside (laughs) of work and on the podcast front my next goal is to make the podcast tangible uh, to give the listeners something physical and that's what I've kind of been up to on the low Hopefully very soon we can have merch and stickies for you guys, for you lovely listeners, so you can (laughs) hold us in your hands. Um, We have our brand now, which is, you know, it feels really good to have. And as it was made at the end of last year with love and from scratch, I am working out way more since my recovery at the gym, like almost every day. I'm at the climbing gym now way more than I was last year. And I'm feeling really, really strong post-sickness. I've also been picking up a lot more production gigs, which was very surprising for me, and all of this without trying, and I'm super grateful for it. Uh, one of my major goals has been to pay off my the last little bit of my student loan this year, you know, since they extended the the payment, the interest-free payment till May. So I'm like, I got to get this before the interest starts up again. <laughs> um, and so with all the extra gigs that have been literally landing on my lap, I'm getting calls and I'm like, whoa, like this is thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, I'll be able to pay that off way sooner. 
On the less worky side of things, however, I am hoping to start jamming soon with these two cool music dudes. And two of us have been sick. And I, you know, between two of the episodes that were previously aired, um, I actually lost my voice entirely. It was Mm-hmm. gone like I was mute for a solid week so you guys just happened to record I was like nodding and said like yeah that, <laughs> that bitch could not talk <laughs> um but yeah like it was crazy so it was you the times that we were recording were literally before and after it was nuts um but I'm really excited because now these guys you know are better and I'm better and so I'm like all right I think we can finally do this I think we can finally practice covers and stuff so I'm really excited to get back to that and then I'm also back on the dating scene you guys it's it's been really <laughs> nice you know I haven't I took kind of a whole year off there and you know I had to like reawaken those parts of myself like oh I am the prize <laughs> um, and it's been really nice it's been really lovely so those are you know just a few things off cuff but let's get down to it how are we feeling <laughs> I am feeling pretty good. I got my booster shot just over a week ago now, and the day after was pretty tough. It started with a headache, so I took a nap because that's really all I could do. And then I woke up, went to go see Scream, and towards the end of the- I felt fine. Towards the end of the movie, though, the headache like slowly started coming back. It might have just been from the movie, though. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I was gonna make that joke. <laughs> She's like, yeah, this movie is rough. I'm getting a headache. (laughs) So we got back home. I was just dealing with it, (laughs) the headache. And we watched some community, which I'm really liking. (laughs) I love community. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) This night we watched the episode where Troy and Abed build a pillow and a blanket fort and they get into (laughs) a war between the two. (laughs) That's the best episode. (laughs) Well, my imagination held on to this. So while I was sleeping, I went to bed before Matt. He went to bed like at two. I got in bed like at, I want to say nine-ish, <laughs> nine, ten. Um, so I was tossing and turning. I had the sweats and the chills. And I thought I was in a war. I was in that <laughs> war, the blanket and pillow. <laughs> but for some reason, I had to always stay covered by a blanket. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I remember taking the blanket off because I was so hot. I was like, I'm burning up. And it's one of those sleeps where you're like, you're dreaming, but you're also like semi awake. So I would remember like literally waking up and covering myself with the blanket because I was like, nobody could catch me without this blanket on or else I'm going to Oh lose. my gosh. <laughs> so that was fun, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much my whole, like the whole booster thing going on. Some might call that sleepwalking or a sleep warring, maybe. <laughs> Whatever it was, I hope not to do it again. Mm. But I was fine for a few days. And then on Wednesday, I started getting a cough and some phlegm in my throat. Mm, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Today, I feel okay. I haven't been coughing as much. Right now, it's just like my throat. But it's not like a sore throat. It's just croaky, <laughs> if you will. But um, overall, you know, I'm pretty pretty happy. Not too much to complain about on my end. See, there is still so much more out there than COVID. <laughs> I feel 98%. Not at a full 100, but we're getting there. Life is good. Health is almost back. I'm crushing it at the gym. I've been journaling, listening to more audiobooks this year. And that's helped me stay sharp and available for all the right opportunities. I will most likely not get boosted since 
surprise, if you guys couldn't already tell, I am now part of the BBC, the Bad Batch <laughs> Club. Um, <laughs> I, too, got the Omicron uh, post-holidays. I did get boosted, in theory, uh, which with the real deal, my guys, with the real deal. And um, my family and I have all the juicy antibodies now. We also got normal sick since our immune systems were kind of already compromised. So I had COVID for like a week and then a bunch of other random stuff, you know, that followed for like two, three weeks. I've tested mm-hmm. negative a few times now, also at different location sites, uh, test sites. When when you mentioned that you felt a certain way after the booster, I will admit it was strange because after I got the J&J, eight hours later to be exact, I got severe joint pain in like my fingers, my elbows, mm. my knees. Um, this was followed by sweats and chills and a small headache. So mm. the so day... Similar. Very similar, <laughs> yeah. So the day I awoke uh, after the holiday... I knew I had COVID. I wasn't like, oh, hmm, I think I have a cold. I'm like, nope, this is that. Everything mm. about what I felt the morning I woke up <laughs> were exactly that. And so I was like, okay. And so immediately that was um, that was when the Decepticon Omicron entered my body. And it's a sticky <laughs> sum of bitch, I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> but with quarantine came retrospection. So where are we mentally after a month into this new year? Well, we're going to get deep here, guys. So (laughs) prepare yourselves. (laughs) I'm just joking. But in all honesty, honesty, (laughs) I'm fairly content with where things are at. I think I've mentioned a few times that I'm a very anxious person, not medically diagnosed with anxiety, just because I don't want to be told that I am. But I'm pretty sure that I have all the qualifications. Um, Lately, it hasn't really been an issue, but I'm sure it's because I've been home a lot. And that's like my safe spot where I don't have to go and interact with new people. (laughs) Lately, same thing with, you know, depression. I, you know, seasonal depression, it's kind of like in the middle right now, in the midst of it. But I do get down when I'm thinking of, you know, I don't have a physical job to go to now. But then I just remind myself, you got a ton of projects in the works. Um, and, you know, an artist doesn't necessarily have a steady pay income. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm pretty used to that by now. But it's not like a nine to five where you have that security of, OK, I go to work from this time to this time. I get paid this much at the end of the week. So it's a little stressful. But after I remind myself of that, you know. I'm like, okay, I got it. It's fine. But, you know, to help that, I just, I'm looking for more work right now so I can just keep on going. <laughs> That's good. And I think, you know, society has taught us to be real hard on ourselves when we're not winning all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But that's false, right? You need moments of yeah. stillness and you need moments of slower pacing to allow room for, well, retrospect. When you have the quiet, it allows you to properly analyze your life. It allows room for, you know, for you to make um, calm and uh, swift plans. And it allows you to be open to opportunity, right? So the mm-hmm. great thing is that you you know having a nine to five doesn't make you successful. And that's great. A nine to five brings security, as you say, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it brings fulfillment or joy. Uh, mm-hmm. Some people out there are literally okay with the career and I have to go up and down with my quotes that they landed. <laughs> and, you know, others don't, but still make time but still make sure to allocate the appropriate energy outside of that nine to five to still invest time into their personal projects so Mm -hmm. 
definitely like pat yourself on the back because you're still pushing and and knowing that you're not like failing at anything right now. You're just not in yeah. like the normal setup of nine to five. Um, during my time in quarantine, I had time to journal more. And so I've picked that up this year. Def- I even bought like this like crazy 200 pack of stickers. So it's going to oh, be wow. like a, a whole thing, like a big journal um, <laughs> because, you know, we both we all know I have bad memory. <laughs> so, you know, so I've been journaling more and had, you know, more time to have intentional phone calls and face FaceTimes with friends. So that's kind of cool. And I uh, had time to listen to smart people via books and podcasts. <laughs> all in all, I give COVID a C minus for possibly <laughs> costing me work and, you know, worse symptoms. But if you're healthy, meaning you're drinking good amounts of water daily if your food is colorful you know uh daily from your meats and your veggies and your fruits or if you're vegan you know if you're you know supplementing uh, properly outside of the the meats you know if you are moving your body every day somehow even a little bit physically like all of those things um help make whatever covid makes you feel a lot less worse um And, you know, my siblings and I all had different types of ailments. You know, we all have different autoimmunes as COVID was still not, you know, it it didn't hit everyone as bad as they painted it to be, even though we all Mm -hmm. were all a little jacked up. (laughs) So your body knows something is for, you know, something foreign is happening and and it summons Osmosis Jones and uh, it, you know, it comes, he comes and has your back. And I hope that some of you get that reference. Medicine is something neither of us, Cecilia and I have any clue about. And so (laughs) in this episode where we did essentially a health check-in, that's why it is called in sickness and in health as Cecilia's little has a cold over there um you know five of us out of my six siblings caught COVID over Christmas one of my sisters didn't but she had COVID during the summer so like I believe she already had all the juicy antibodies that prevented Mm. her from getting sick um one of our biggest fears during 2020 however was that what would happen if like Isaiah caught COVID like whoa and it's still one of our fears but especially back then when we didn't know what was up, you know? So we knew nothing Mm -hmm. about COVID. And Isaiah's very immunocompromised. (laughs) And (laughs) listeners that don't know, Isaiah, who are you? I am Jessica's brother. Okay. He is my little bro. (laughs) And uh, my family and I, we feel better now. But I, and Isaiah is okay as he sits next to me. I'm here. <laughs> I am alive. <laughs> but this event opened up an opportunity for discussion. Sassy once shared that as a kid, she had some renal issues. Her kidneys were being a little difficult. Would you like to share some more on that, girl? Uh, yeah. So this actually happened right after I turned 13. <laughs> my kidneys picked a great time because my mom was also nine months pregnant with my little sister, Izzy. <laughs> so sorry, mom, for making that even more stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> originally, I went into the emergency room because I couldn't keep anything down. Like I would try to eat and I just couldn't. It would just come right back up. And I was looking very pale, paler than usual. (laughs) Nodding his head like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So once at the ER, they had me drink that dye, that that huge styrofoam cup of dye that you need to drink for the CAT scan. And I I drank it all. And I, I knew something was off while I was drinking it. I was like, I really like something's off with this. But. I drank it all. They did the CAT scan. And as as soon as I, like, got pulled out of that thing, I th- threw it all up. Like, it was <laughs> TMI. It was very mm. gross. It was very blue. <laughs> Ew. 
Yeah, and I guess it was worse than usual because the nurse started kind of not freaking out, but like calling other people in. And I was like, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) And so that part is like after what happened, that is a little blurry for me just because I was like on the verge of passing out. (laughs) So I can't give all the details to that. However, it turns out that I'm allergic to that dye. And it really messed (laughs) up. Yeah, it really messed with my kidneys. So that caused me to have kidney failure. And I stayed in the hospital for like a week, which is a lot less time than I would have thought. So I'm thankful for that. (laughs) And they had me hooked up to multiple IVs like at once to make sure I was drinking enough water. And if I wasn't, they would just hook me up to that too, which it's it might be weird to say, but I kind of like that feeling where like they put the water in my IV and my whole arm would just get cold. I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good feeling. Isaiah feels it's a, it. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling. <laughs> and also, like, at one point, my nurse would come in, like, four times a day to poke my hand to get blood. And I just, I didn't feel it anymore. Like, he was so good at finding the right spot. My hand was all bruised up. But, <laughs> but I couldn't feel it. <laughs> so... I actually ended up popping a blood vessel in my eye because right after I got out of a surgery where they took a kidney sample, they gave me some apple juice and it did not sit well with me. So, Lord. <laughs> so in the process of throwing that back up, there was so much pressure, like I guess I was holding it in. So the blood vessel popped and I had a pretty cool eye. <laughs> <laughs> And we ended up having to spend my little sister Alex's birthday in the hospital. She does not let me forget it to this day. (laughs) And the day I was released, Izzy was born. So my poor dad and grandma were just running in between floors, making sure that my mom and I were both okay. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And that's actually the reason why I have Izzy's birthday tattooed, because of that crazy day. (laughs) Aw, that's a great story. Jeez, dude. (laughs) This memory is is really crazy. Oh, my gosh. And, um, you know, Isaiah catching the Rona allowed us to go, huh. Um, so what was Isaiah's tenure? It made me think. It made me think. What is Isaiah's tenure dialysis nurse feeling when he hears Isaiah actually caught the dreaded Rona? And what (laughs) other moments have they shared in medicine that were, well, kind of spooky? (laughs) So, again, this is Isaiah Zarati, my little bro. Hello. Hello. And it's Mark Colty, his medical musical nurse. Hey, all right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Hello. Hello again. Um, thank you for joining us. For sh- like, thank you. Hey, my pleasure. My pleasure. Day. Yeah. This is uh, this is cool. <laughs> we we're able to set it up and socially distance and all of that. Um, uh, so yeah, right on. Happy to happy to be here. Yay! When technology works the way right, it should. Right. Right. It <laughs> it's good when it's good. <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so um you know it's interesting that um uh that that uh that was uh your you, you had that thought because um when i did uh find out um uh isaiah was positive it did i was i was taken aback i was taken aback just because i know the um uh well you know 
there's so many unknowns with uh, COVID and it just depends on which variant and um, uh, you get. It seems like Delta is very serious. It seems like Omicron is um, doesn't appear to be as virulent. Um, it's just sticky. But it's a when, sticky yeah. one. Yeah. And so when, uh, when I found out uh, about Isaiah... Um, I was uh, I was taken back because I didn't I didn't know which one you know you just find out you're positive you don't know which uh, variant uh, you have and uh, I was worried for him uh, because I know with um, uh, and and actually I should say this before I start in Isaiah if it's <laughs> if it's if it's cool I need your you know just uh, if it's okay to to talk about your your whole health situation openly uh, with. Uh, on the podcast and uh, all of that. If that's cool with you, I'll, I'll go ahead and share um, my yeah, perspective. Okay, cool. I just want to jump that in that before I like fine. put your whole health situation on blast. But if you on blast, <laughs> but if you don't know uh, about um, Jess's uh, wonderful brother uh, Isaiah, he's been a patient of mine for. Oh, thank you. Um, you made him blush. <laughs> oh no, that's just the, that's just the blood I got you. <laughs> it's all the blood. <laughs> He's a very colorful character. Uh, he has been my patient for uh, going on ten years now, which is unbelievable. I can't believe wow. uh, that that much time has passed. But um, he does have end stage uh, kidney failure. There's different stages um, of kidney failure when um, uh, the it first sets on. Um, and so when it gets to the most serious stage, we call that end stage kidney failure. And once you reach end stage kidney failure, you have no kidney function and you're basically, uh, dependent on, um, a treatment called dialysis. And, uh, that's where, that's where I come in. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) so dialysis is, um, an interesting, um, uh, treatment. It's um, it's relatively new technology in the whole scope of Western medicine. It's um, it was only made publicly available, I think, around um, well, 1962 ish. Don't quote me on that. Um, and <laughs> it was in the 70s, I think, 1971, that the government uh, passed a law basically saying that they will. Uh, they will pay for everybody's dialysis. And so um, that's um, before then it was, you would have to, you would have to pay for your own dialysis. And if, wow, and if you, if you weren't able to um, afford it, if you didn't have uh, the money and the, the stable house situation and somebody to do dialysis for you at home, um, then that, that was, that was it. Um, so once you're, wow. yeah, it's, it's pretty heavy stuff. So, and the history of dialysis is fascinating. If you ever want to, uh, research it, it's, um, it's really interesting stuff, but getting back to Isaiah. Um, so once you're end stage kidney failure, you're, you're dependent on dialysis, um, to, to live. Uh, that's the easiest way, um, uh, to say it. And so, um, Isaiah and I, we've been hanging out with about three days a week, which is crazy for the past 10 years. And um, that's amazing. That oh. is remarkable. Sorry. <laughs> oh my I goodness. I took that one from Isaiah's book. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't know Isaiah and you're about to find out, yeah, he's a consummate joker. So, um, 
so <laughs> you know we try to keep it fun um uh when i first met isaiah um it was again 10 years back uh we, i work in a pediatric unit and so um we've been hanging out for all of this time um one of the things getting back to your question is one of the things about uh kidney failure and end stage kidney failure is you are immune compromised and um, Isaiah also has another condition, which is his skin condition, if that's okay for me to talk about, Isaiah. Um, yes. Yeah. So epidermolysis bullosa. If I'm, uh, and it's it's just sort of... He actually got that. Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's another complication on top of uh, the kidney failure, which... Um, um, I'm going to oversimplify everything, but it opens him up to a, a, another sort of another front of infections, which we, which we worry about. Um, and so when I found out he was, he was positive, I was, you know, I was, I was taken aback because I was just like, wow, I don't know. There's so much information right now. And it seems like even with the doctors, uh, that I work with over at UCLA, we're finding out a lot of stuff in real time. Uh, just about um, the virus and how the illness plays out and all of that. And so I'm just like, oh, man, you know, this is my buddy. I've been hanging out with him for 10 years and he, he's <laughs> positive. And, and, and uh, he was my first patient. Uh, we, have, uh, we have not closed. Like I know the schools closed down and the government closed. The whole world closed down uh, during COVID. You can't close down um, dialysis. The, the kids no you guys don't get holidays. we don't stop <laughs> you guys don't get any of that yeah dialysis doesn't sleep it's uh it's uh <laughs> there is there is no respite for it and so all the kids all the patients um everybody still needs dialysis so we did not shut down and um our happy little pediatric unit i i was we stayed covid free for you know since the beginning of uh the the whole um, situation. And um, yeah. actually, uh, Isaiah was the first positive case. And <gasps> so I was like, oh, no. I was like, Oh, my goodness, what's gonna happen here? Um, and so Isaiah, you were that guy. I was that guy. <laughs> hey, I've, been the, I've been the first for a lot. I mean, I'm the first one with my skin disorder to do dialysis for this long, so oh wow! I'm trying to break hey, records man. here. Yeah, put that <laughs> in the like breaking record. Yeah, where's the yeah. Guinness book? Put that in the Guinness book or whatever. Right? Yeah, like, he'll have a whole page to himself. Yeah. We gotta make phone calls, guys. <laughs> we totally should. If anything deserves a a, a, um, a notation, it's that. Wow, dude, that's super cool. I did not know that. Um, but yeah, so that that was my perspective and. Um, um, yeah, so things play, it was, there was a lot of uncertainty as, as there has been with, uh, um, uh, this virus, uh, since the beginning, but, um, I was just like, you know, if you need anything, dude, just let me know. And, uh, we'll, we'll <laughs> and see and how it works just out. like that over the phone, guys. <laughs> dude, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> Well, I actually want to know, Isaiah, from your perspective, because I heard how Jess handled COVID. I was talking to her throughout her days, but all I saw was you posting chicken noodle soup. So, <laughs> so how was your COVID experience? Um, mine was, my COVID experience was, I think, different from everyone else's just because 
uh, as said before, I have uh, an under, two underlying conditions, which is the mm-hmm. dialysis and then the skin disorder. But, um, you know, at the very beginning, I think it was kind of scary just because I didn't know how bad I would get. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, feel shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to feel, you know, dizzy or whatever. But surprisingly, I keep telling everyone, I think even though I'm the one with the underlying conditions, I probably handled it a little bit better than some of our other family members. Oh, wow. This um, this cat's got nine lives, baby. <laughs> no, I mean, doubt. no doubt. No um, doubt. I was in the hospital for a couple of days only because of dialysis. They couldn't do it uh, where I usually go because of the whole being exposed to COVID and having it. So I had to be uh, hospitalized to get uh, dialysis in my own uh, hospital room. Mm. But um, ask Jess, as soon as I got discharged, I came home and I walked to a Pokey's, uh, Pokemon gym at the corner, <laughs> got my exercise in, and I was like back to normal. <laughs> he was so upset, dude. Good he man. was like, oh, heck no. What? They turned my gym. I have to reclaim my gym. <laughs> yeah. But... um. I will say I think what helped a lot too was like not staying in bed. I know some people would like they don't have the strength to get up, but me myself, uh, you know, get getting up and get, being active, even if it was just walking around the block a couple of times, that kind of helped make me feel better and make me feel like a little bit normal. So I think that really helped get me through the whole COVID and not letting me get worse. That's good to hear. Um, what were what were like some symptoms specific that you felt? Um, well, I remember the first day that I, I, I pretty much assumed I had COVID was I had, um, like full body aches and it was just like one big, like literally I, I felt like I couldn't move because my body was just like aching. Hmm. Um, but then the days after I basically had like a slight cough, I had slight, um, mucus and sneezing and, um, I think on the second day was when I got like a slight headache, but nothing too too bad. Okay, okay so it sounds very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you weathered it. You weathered it really well. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I was so happy to hear it because, uh, as I said, uh, and, and you know, I was I was just like, oh my goodness, I didn't know how this was going to play out when I first. Um. Uh, heard about it and and you know jump on I, I was listening to uh Ceci earlier talk about your experiences with the the booster and um <laughs> I got my booster uh last weekend and uh I'm telling you man it laid me out I was <laughs> I was on the couch for two days praying for <laughs> death it was like <laughs> I was just like, this is, this is just, and then, and then I talked to people who've, who've actually had COVID and I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know what? Their symptoms don't even seem <laughs> as bad as like I feel right now. I'm just like, what is up? You know, I'm just going to go over there and have, have your brother cough on me. Um, right. <laughs> like, yep. Let's At this just, point, you just just get it all real natural. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something I don't know, man. But I was, yeah, I was so not funny. happy with the booster. And Jess, earlier, I think you said you. You gave COVID a, a C C minus or something. A C minus. I, straight F. What's a C minus? No. Worst pandemic ever. Worst COVID. pandemic ever. Yeah. Worst pandemic ever. I can give recommend. it a, No, zero. If I could give it zero stars on Yelp, if this pandemic was on Yelp, it'd be like zero 
stars. If they allowed me to give zero stars. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For Mark, what was something that made you learn something new, you know, with Isaiah where, you know, it was a moment where you were taken back where you're like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the nurse. I've been doing this for 10 years. And then it was like, bam, nope. You had to go back to the drawing board. You had to like <laughs> figure out how to A plus, you know, one plus one. <laughs> um, You know what? Um, He is, uh, I always say Isaiah is a mystery wrapped in a conundrum. It's it's always um, it's it, he's very interesting patient because um, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> clinically, he doesn't uh, his um, a lot of the work we do um, as they're on dialysis treatment is based on their um, on their vital signs and uh, how we're taking constantly uh, all these measurements uh, during dialysis. And um, the typical things that happen with patients uh, don't normally happen uh, with Isaiah. He, there's a lot of times when, we're, um, when you're removing fluid. So again, the easiest way to think about dialysis for um, people that aren't really familiar with it is everything we're doing is we're basically trying to um, replace the normal functions of the kidney um, but we're doing it with this, uh, the dialysis machine. And so, um, uh, we have to pull fluids. Most of the patients that are on dialysis do not make uh, urine. And so one of the things I we're do doing not. is we're, we're pulling fluid. So in between dialysis treatments, uh, typically it's about three treatments, uh, a week, um, because that's what the government will pay for. It's a whole nother topic. But um, in between those treatments, uh, everything that somebody drinks, so we're sipping and we're drinking right now. I'm holding up. Oh, I have coconut water. This is my second beverage, by the way. Ooh. So I have my harmless harvest <laughs> coconut water here. But every everything that um, we drink, um, everything a dialysis patient drinks actually stays in their body until their next dialysis treatment. Mm. Why that's dangerous is uh, if too much fluid builds up before your next dialysis, it can shift into um, um, different parts of the body uh, that make it dangerous, um, uh, notably the heart or the lungs, and that will mm. cause problems. So when we pull those fluids off during dialysis, one of the things that happens is the blood pressures typically will, will drop. And um, Isaiah has this thing where <laughs> we're pulling fluid and I'm just like, I can't pull any more fluid off of this kid. It's it's like his <laughs> blood pressures are going to drop. It's going to create havoc. And and sure enough, no, you can um, you can pull and he'll you know, Isaiah is very proactive. Um, he actually I had a nickname for him. I've, I've got a few, but I had a nickname <laughs> for him where uh, I used to call him Dr. Zarate because he, <laughs> he comes into dialysis and he's very proactive. He'll tell you, oh, I gained this amount of fluid, you know, <laughs> um, you know, 1.5 liters. I want you to take this much. I would, this, we call that the target, the amount of fluid we're going to move. He'll say, oh, I want you to take off this much. You know, don't worry about the blood pressure. This is my weight. And so anyway, I started calling him <laughs> Dr. Zarate. But the other doctors, we had some new doctors rotating in, and they actually got confused because they're like, Dr. Zarate? Oh, my <laughs> Who's God. That? I thought there actually was a, a different doctor. So I had, to, I, had to, I had to stop that one. But, um, yeah, oh so that was, that was one um, 
that was one uh, uh, part of it. And another thing that makes Isaiah very unique, again, because with Isaiah, again, an amazing kid, he's, he's dealing with um, not just the kidney failure, which is tough in and of itself, but also uh, he's dealing with the EB. Um, one of the things we have to balance is we can't actually remove too much fluid without um, exacerbating uh, the, his, his um, skin condition, the EB. So that was another thing for me. And actually, over 10 years, he's the only patient uh, that I've had with, with EB that's uh, been on dialysis, like at all. So yeah. uh, he's a very but unique, you you're a very unique dude, Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, once again, breaking records. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Breaking records. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, oh those, my gosh. Those, those are a couple of things. I don't know if that's what you were... Uh, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've explained that like typically you would go through a process and now you've had to adjust this process to his like physiology to make sure you don't like kill him. Yeah. <laughs> but while right. you're trying to help him, right. you know? No. Um, it, Do no harm. <laughs> when, I, when I when I first learned about his dialysis, again, I had no knowledge to this. So I was like, oh, he just goes and does his thing. Like <laughs> I had no idea. And so he would like when I when you know when I moved back home, uh, it was like, hey. I have to go pee. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's get you to the bathroom. And this went on for a few months. <laughs> it went on for more than a month, yes. I would trick you with that all the he's time. He's like, I have to pee, I have to pee. I'm like, oh. And he's like, and then he'd look at me and I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, I don't pee. <laughs> to, this day, to this day, I actually still do that sometimes to her when we're like at the theater. Yeah, if I'm and not I'll paying attention. Like, and I'll be like, so should I go pee before I and I'm go like, to the theater? And she's all like, yeah, go before. Go before. And I'm like, I don't urinate. I don't go to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I goes to the other bathroom. He goes ten, no, ten two in in production yeah. terms. Oh. <laughs> he just ne- he Dude, never I ten one. I have never thought about that. But hey, what, an upside, an actual an upside of uh, being on dialysis. <laughs> you can sit through like a three hour movie. You can sit through like. <laughs> Titanic or Shakespeare or like any like right? huge movie and you I don't have to go that I always hate when I have to like leave and uh in the middle of the movie and come back there. Yeah. yeah so you yeah. should just yeah. choose like the longest movies ever and just be like I'm gonna watch it twice in a row he's ready for know. the I'm Batman not gonna move. Yep, right. okay. he's I'm ready like, for Batman actually on that on that note not a lot of people know but and I've talked to other like uh Dallas's patients but I actually still get the sensation of having to go like like, so i've actually talked to other patients and i'm like hey do you still get the sensation of like it feels like you have to go but when you try to go like nothing comes out and so tmi (laughs) no no dude this is fascinating this is fascinating again i've i've been doing this for i don't know almost 15 years now i've never heard i've never thought about that it's kind of like um the phantom limb do you guys are you guys familiar with uh yeah Mm mm-hmm uh, you know, someone who loses With an amputees, arm, but they still, right? mm-hmm. yeah, and they feel like their arm is, is still itching or something like that. Ah, oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting. So you will actually feel the urge to go or feel like you have to go, even yeah, though you like haven't I gone still, for years. Yeah, I still have the urge, and like, so I still great. feel the urge. And even like like we're talking about like during the movie, like um, a movie, like I'll have the urge to go. And then like for the first couple of times when I, when I, I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to the bathroom this time. So I would go to the bathroom. But at this point, it's like, I have the urge, but nothing's going to happen. So <laughs> I, just sit, I just sit there. I'm just like, it'll, it'll pass. Um, the, other, the other thing that was really funny was when he had COVID, 
he was like, I feel fine because they're cleaning me out every time I go to dialysis. And we're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I constantly kid around and I'm like, dialysis is a solution for practically everything. You want to lose weight? Go get one treatment of dialysis and you'll lose like a kilo, two kilos. Hey, uh, it's one I'm of the like, few times in life you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and so even like, like Jessica was saying with the whole COVID, I honestly did feel like because they do clean my blood out, it even though it's not designed for like getting rid of like germs and stuff, it's more for like fluid and other toxins. I do feel that sometimes dialysis helps because like even when I have like a simple cold, I feel that after dialysis, it kind of gets rid of some of the germs. So I feel better after dialysis. Hmm. Okay. Oh, very cool. Um, I think just anecdotally, I think we need to come up with a name for that. And they, you know, the, like they have phantom limb, like phantom bladder or something. Or, uh, <laughs> or and maybe oh they should name it after you, the, um, the Isaiah effect or something like that. The Isaiah effect. This is, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is, we'll have to, Isaiah, remind me, we'll talk to the doctor, see if that's even, you heard see if first. that's even a thing, if it's even documented. Yeah. Again, we're going to put you in the history books, the Guinness books. We're going to put you everywhere. Medical textbooks, everything. Hey. Okay, well, this next question is for both of you, really. What are the basic things about kidney failure that you wish people knew or had a better understanding of? Ooh, Isaiah, you go. Um, that, I think it depends on the, uh, everyone individually because, like, there's a couple other EV kids now that uh, are doing dialysis, so they kind of ask me questions. But um, one of the things I would say is, like, there are going to be days where you feel worse after dialysis than you did when you walked in. Mm. But overall, there are days where you feel better because that's that's ultimately the goal is to make you feel better, get rid of the toxins in your bloodstream, you know. But um, there are some days where they might pull too much fluid or they, uh, you know, they didn't pull enough fluid where you uh, feel worse than when you walked in. But that doesn't mean that they're not doing Dallas is the right way. It just means your body kind of has to adjust, which um, I actually have a funny story. When I first started dialysis, um, I went, I was able to go see a taping of Wheel of Fortune, but in order to do that, I had to ditch one of my dialysis days. So I remember I was like, I was like, I got this, you know, I was, I was just like, I was careful with my fluids, you know, I won't drink too much. And so I thought I had it because I, I went, to Dallas is on Monday, and I I, I ditched on um, Wednesday, Wednesday mm. and then I went on Friday, or I was scheduled to go on Friday, but I did, was not expecting what I felt because, like, I, I I did my best to, like, not drink as much, but just the toxins that built up in my bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Come, come Thursday, I was, like, ready to go. I was like, can Thursday be over? I need dialysis now oh. on Friday. <laughs> And so, like, I learned, like, just because you think you kind of have, like, a set rhythm doesn't necessarily mean that you, that that's going to work for you all the time. Yeah. So he was feeling cruddy-duddy. He's like, no more missing. So ever since then, I'm like, I'm making it to Dallas, even if I have to Uber. (laughs) I will will figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that's yeah that's interesting that's interesting from uh from the patient's uh perspectives from somebody yeah. on dialysis mm-hmm. um that's um i think that's that'll be helpful for other other 
other people on dialysis to, to hear as well. Because I, I feel like a lot of things, it's just, you know, you um, you have to feel out the situation and see how you do with it and, um, um, and you know, come to those conclusions on your own. Why and what are the different types of dialysis? Because I understand some people get stuff put in the arm and along those lines. Is it only like what is what are the different types of dialysis available for people? Oh, okay. So there's a few. Um, I'm going to go back a little bit to your previous question. Um, I'm not sure if I answered that one uh, completely. I just want to say it's almost like a public service announcement, but you were just mm-hmm. like, what What are the a couple of things you wish people knew? Um, oh, yeah. For, uh, for pediatric dialysis, there's so many different types of things that cause um, uh, kidney failure in um, in the pediatric population. There's not even one a single cause, if you can imagine that, like a pie chart, it's sort of like evenly divided against like so many different things. And it's a lot of autoimmune um, and and, um, and uh, genetic abnormalities. There's so many different things that cause it in the pediatric population. But what I wish people knew for the adult population is primarily there's only two things, not only, but there's primarily two uh, things that are that cause kidney failure in the adult population. One is uncontrolled uh, hypertension, which is a medical term for high blood pressure. So uncontrolled high blood pressure, and the second thing is um, is diabetes. And so um, both of those things, like if you catch them early on, if you address them, if you um, uh, it's it's possible that it's preventable that you can catch these things if you manage the high blood pressure if you manage the diabetes early enough on uh, you can avoid uh, end-stage kidney failure and uh, avoid dialysis so I just wanted to put that out there that's one thing that I I don't know if most people know that Um, was that I don't think anyone did you guys uh, (laughs) we had no idea no okay so thank you thank you so much this is kind of my world so I'm just like oh everyone Of course, everybody kind of knows job. that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I almost started you. that sentence like, oh, you know how everybody knows that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, we don't know. <laughs> and our family has it worse because we have uh, diabetes and, and we have high blood pressure in our family. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, our family? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, you know what? Just stay on them. And um, I think adults, it's actually, it's... Uh, you know, it's okay to scare people a little bit at times. I, I just feel like uh, to, you know, to prevent uh, something uh, something worse. I just think uh, that if uh, if they're dealing with that situation and you know they're not, I don't know, managing it, seeing the doctor, taking their medications. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say this is just my perspective. I don't, I don't know if most people subscribe, but I would, I would say like it's okay to just let people know, like, hey, man, you're you're playing with fire and and if things don't go um well uh, you could end up in um you know uh, a situation where uh, you're in end stage kidney failure and you are dependent on dialysis mm. and 100% um, yeah so uh so Take preventative um, measures preventative measures yeah exactly yeah. i think and that goes back to like Ceci and i talk about it all the time it's like being able to create like 
being able to have relational equity with people that you care about, building those foundations so that there's safety in order to be able to communicate these things without the other person feeling apprehensive about you advising them about their health. Because you're not advising them from a place of like, oh, I'm better than you mm-hmm. or do what I say. You're advising them from like, hey, I love you. I want you know, I want you around for a long time. I want your longevity because I love you. And I think if you work on these areas, like from, from an outsider's perspective, like that'll prolong how much, you know, and it's a little selfish how long I get to keep you in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is if a balance may, with that with, uh, yeah, go ahead. If I may, I mean, I do that sometimes to my mom because I'm an ouster right now. She, <laughs> ha- she has high blood pressure. So, mm. And so I tell her sometimes, you know, cause where I go, there's a, the second floor is for adults and the third floor is for the pediatric or the kids. Um, and sometimes I, I remind her, you know, I tell her, Hey, if your blood pressure, if you can't, if you don't control your blood pressure, I pretty soon I'm going to be on the third floor. You're going to be on the second floor. And you know, I don't want that. You, you see what I go through sometimes. And I'm like, and sometimes, yeah, you got to scare them into, you know, taking their blood pressure meds or eating healthy, you know? Yeah. It's a delicate balance. Uh, I say, I, you know, um, interesting thing. I'm going to go on a tangent here is that, um, uh, but just being a nurse, um, one of the things that happened when I, I, I sort of got into the medical uh, field was, was I've had a few professions here, but um, my mom actually um, had diabetes um, uh, before she passed. And um, I remember there was a time because she was not, uh, she was not taking care of her health and uh, she was not following the diet. And, um, uh, you know, I got to the point, well, as a, as a nurse, I was, I was bugging her a lot. I was just like, mom, I care about you. And I was bugging her a lot about her medications and her diet, which she was just, um, she was not, um, compliant as, as we say, uh, at all. Mm -hmm. And, um, it started to affect our, our relationship and I had to take off my nurse hat for a while. And so anyway, I just want to say there is a balance, um, because eventually I just had to stop talking to her about it and just be like, okay, you know, I'm not her doctor. And you know what? She's a college graduate. She's very smart. She knows what she's supposed to do. And so, uh, <laughs> she was just at that point in her life where she's just like, you know, this is, this is how I want to live. This is what I want to eat. This is what I want to do. And, um, you know what? Our relationship was much better after I, I said, okay, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to be your son. I'm not going to be a nurse in this mm, in this yeah. rela- in this relationship i and love it tough, her yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right this question is directed towards mark do not feel obligated to say to lean towards a certain answer sure. but <laughs> isaiah isaiah is my favorite patient okay <laughs> okay <laughs> that was our question we wanted yeah. to know <laughs> The whole dialysis unit right now, looking at him. It's like, like, I oh know. <laughs> we knew Cut it. It's a Monday when he shows up. Everybody's just sitting yeah. there with their arms crossed, mm-hmm. nodding their heads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. Did you actually ever catch the Rona in any of this? Like you're around people oh. all day, man. Dude, I like I said when we were setting this thing up. I feel like I'm in the I, I am in the eye of COVID-19 hurricane right now. <laughs> it is unbelievable. And I think I can say this without uh, uh, violating any um, HIPAA things, but yeah, no, it's right now <laughs> it's with the, it's with the patients, the families. Um, there was a doctor by fellow nurses. Oh, it's just, it's everywhere. And uh, I did not have it. There was um, actually, I will say last week, 
um, uh, nah, maybe it was like two weeks back. Uh, I thought I had it and, um, it was, I just, you know, I, I it turned out to be a cold, uh, spoiler, Yay. spoiler alert. It was a cold, <laughs> but it was just like, you know, I had a cough. I had the sniffles and, uh, you know, honestly in the past, like before all of this pandemic, uh, nonsense, um, you know, I'd muscle, I'd, I don't like to miss work. Um, I miss very few days of work over the years. And, uh, you know, I would just wear a mask and you, you do your job. Uh, but, uh, you, these days you cannot come in with uh, a cough or the sniffles or anything. Um, yeah. again, because your entire patient population is, um, immune compromised. So that's the other calculus. Uh, I felt fine mm-hmm. to come in. Um, and I, I don't even think I was sneezing. I just had the sniffles, but I did have a cough and, um, I think in other situations, you know, we have a very small unit, a very, um, uh, very few staff. Um, and, uh, so there's, it's hard to find pediatric nurses. It's hard to find, hard to find dialysis nurses in general. There's a lot of staffing issues going on, uh, with everyone. I was so, going to make the joke, Mark. What? I was like, everyone's too busy trying to be, you know, like a influencer. Nobody wants to be a nurse anymore. <laughs> no one wants to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to break into it or influencer nurse. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, so I called my boss and I was talking to her, I was rapping with her and I'm just like, Hey, you know, this is a situation I feel all right, but I've got these symptoms. And she's just like, no. Um, and so that's the other thing too, as I was like, just in case, because again, this Omicron, some people have mild symptoms. Some people don't even know they have it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, there was, <laughs> yeah, there was, uh, uh, a colleague, uh, should I say, just so I don't get in trouble here, but there was yeah, a colleague yeah. <laughs> who, who had a, a mild uh, cough and um, she got in trouble with a lot of other colleagues over at UCLA because uh, she was like in this meeting and uh, yeah, so uh, everybody in that meeting was exposed and they were not happy. Um, but oh, no. <laughs> but it just goes to show you that even like healthcare professionals don't always, you know, uh, don't always know. And um, yeah, we're we're figuring all of this stuff out. So long story short, I, I didn't get it. Um, I, I got my two vaccines way back when they were rolling it out. Um, as we mentioned, I just got the, uh, the booster, which, um, I would give the booster an F two <laughs> as far as symptoms, but, um, it was, uh, yeah, so I, I haven't got it, but I, I will tell you I've, uh, I've over the past, uh, are we two years into this now? Almost yeah. coming up on it. <laughs> Unbelievable. I like over the two years, I've been like directly exposed to people, who've had it. And I've been in a situation where, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. The it's guardian, from like- <laughs> guardian angel. Are you gonna or, say the- yeah, I, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> The neo, Ceci, are you yeah. going to say like the neo? Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say Mark and I are the, are neo in the matrix. Yeah, and all the bullets are flying at you. And That's what I out. feel You're like, like, oh my God, yeah, we're just yep. He's on the front dodging, line though, and I'm just behind him. Dodging the virus. Yeah, so I'm going to not She's like hanging on to you, Mark. Oh my God. You know, she's I'm like, going to. Yeah, she's in the back with her blanket. I'm going to knock on wood. over here, like whatever. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, you know what? I'm trying to live my life. I'm trying to be cautious and uh, and live my life at the same time, which is a delicate balance, uh, I'm sure, for all of yeah. us. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to add, I felt bad when I heard that he might have COVID, that Mark might have COVID because I... This was just like right right after I was uh, oh. <laughs> I tested positive. So when I heard he was out possibly with COVID, I was like, oh man, I hope I didn't give it to him. Oh. Like, Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> I know. And then no, I was it's, even it's, telling. It's part of the gig, man. It's part of the gig of being a Yeah. And then I was even telling my mom, like, man, if I went on sooner, because I, I got tested Wednesday after dialysis, mm. and I was hoping it'd come back Friday morning, so that way I wouldn't, you know, if I was positive, I wouldn't go uh, to the, the the clinic on Friday. Mm. But I didn't get my result back till Friday afternoon, um, mm. and I go to dialysis in the morning. So as soon as I got the result, I called Mark, and I was like, hey. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Turns out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have good news and I have bad news. Oh, good news yeah. is, yeah. Uh, I feel fine. Bad news <laughs> is, I am positive for COVID. And I was like, I hope I don't get anyone there sick. And uh, mm. you saw me this morning and my blood was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everywhere. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, as far as I know, um, we're okay. There, There's... Um, there's an adjacent unit. We, there's an adult unit on the second floor, Isaiah mentioned. So yeah, there was, there was an outbreak. Um, well, we've had a few outbreaks, uh, which is crazy. Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll break some news here on the podcast. Ooh, um, you heard ooh. it here first, guys. <laughs> you heard it here first. This is directly, I don't, this is like an internal thing. I'm, I'm in UCLA's, uh, uh, system because I've access to, uh, all their, um, we share patients. And so I have access to the, mm. the UCLA computer system. And so they send me these emails. I just got this on um, uh, Friday, uh, and it said uh, there was 30,000 new cases in Los Angeles every Whoa. single day. Take a minute. Wow. Take a minute every day. Wow. to just let that set in. 30,000 cases every day. So, And then out of those cases, it's going to just spread exponentially. So. Mm-hmm. You know what? There's been so many studies lately. I don't know if you're into this either, but like vitamin D is like the new super vitamin for literally everything. And the reason I knew this was even before COVID, I was in a um, uh, uh, a meeting with all the doctors. We review all the patients' uh, labs uh, once a month. And uh, the doctors were just having a conversation amongst themselves. And they were talking about like, are you taking vitamin D? Yeah, I'm taking more vitamin D now. And so even back then, I was just like, oh, this is this is this is a thing. So that was one of the Mm -hmm. things that uh, I started was um, uh, I take uh, I think I'm 4000 units. It's like 2000 unit pills. I'm doing like 4000 units of vitamin D, which I I uh, which. I I believe there's studies. I can't cite them right now. I should probably have thought of that before I <laughs> brought this up. But I believe <laughs> I believe there's there's uh, there's some studies with vitamin D and um, and uh, and the virus. So um, as far as oh, interesting, uh, you know, well now I know. Symptoms I'm go right yes, <laughs> so vitamin D, talks and sips, audience. Take your vitamin D. You heard it here. You're first. welcome. Yes. You're welcome. You heard it from Mark. Yeah. <laughs> the nurse. The um, nurse. <laughs> all right. Is there anything like 
Isaiah, Mark, any last few thoughts that you guys have for the audience that you think that they could know that, you know, vitamin D, guys, go get that. Yeah. <laughs> Dialysis. <laughs> Make sure, you know, you're checking your diabetic levels. Making sure you don't have hypertension, high blood pressure. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. really good. Really good nuggets of wisdom. Is there anything else you guys want us to know? Um, Mark, do you want to go first? Um, I would just say that if uh, if you have a family member that uh, has uh, dialysis, um, um, just give a lot. Just know that they're going through a lot. And um, any support you can give. Uh, to them is I'm sure greatly appreciated. I see a lot of family. I've seen a lot of families over the years, a lot of families on dialysis and um, uh, the patients that have the best outcomes. This is just my opinion. Again, I can't cite uh, um, any studies, but uh, the patients that I feel have the best outcomes have a lot of support from their family. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, Very good. that's, that's the thing I would say. Uh, I would basically just say that, you know, um, what I've been saying that every day is different when it comes to your treatment. Um, listen to your body, uh, and also trust the doctors and what they're doing. But there, there comes a time where you know you, you like I say, trust your body. And if your body's telling you something other than the doctors, you know, bring it up to them. Don't be shy. Because one thing I, I am very active, like Mark said about my uh, treatment. So being active with the doctors and telling them, you know, hey, I. I think this would work better than this also helps both you and the doctors to kind of figure out what's the best treatment plan. Right. Cause you're in your body, not them. Yeah. So that's that one thing. That's one thing that I try to tell my mom. Cause she's always trying to, one thing is her and Mark sometimes butt heads because they're, my mom's are like, I was a nurse. And I'm like, yes, but you were never a dialysis nurse. My mom's like, I was a nurse. Like how many, how old are you? Uh, 23, going to be 24. I was a nurse 24 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, mom, like on the way home uh, yesterday, I was like, you're just a bystander. You don't know what my body feels. <laughs> and so I told her, like, I, I appreciate your input, you know, but sometimes I have to go based on what my body feels. So if my body feels more inclined to do this instead of this, I got to, you know, make my voice heard. So if you're a dialysis yeah. patient out there or a new dialysis patient out there listening, make sure you, you're active, make sure you're, you know, your nurses know what they know, but you also know what you know and make sure you guys are working like a team to yep. get great the best advice. results for great you. Great advice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that's great I, advice just in general. Just listen to your body, guys. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the last thing from the sister point of view is Isaiah did get blood yesterday. And like today, this morning, he was having a really rough go of it. It's very mm-hmm. exhausting. Um, but but the big thing I kept kind of hearing along the lines was that like blood is is, is scarce right now. People aren't donating as much blood as um, mm. they used to. And that's going to become a problem if people don't start donating. And I know like in the past for me, I couldn't donate because I was either out of the country. And if you're out of the country, that's a thing. Or I always had like a fresh tattoo. But right now I'm like, okay, I haven't done either in a minute. So maybe I'm in the clear. I can go donate blood. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys are like healthy and have, you know, are capable, definitely go and donate to the Red Cross. Yeah, yeah. The yes. Red Cross. Yeah. Um, or you just your local blood bank. Or a local blood bank, you know. Or if you're like hard on cash, go give your plasma, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 50 bucks is 50 bucks. Whatever, you know. Gas, right. you take a gas, whatever. But <laughs> make sure you're donating because a lot of people, like Isaiah, could use your your blood. Yes, <laughs> and I'll second that. Uh, there definitely is a shortage right now. Um, 
And uh, I will say, I, I have to be careful if I'm like breaking any news. Uh, I mean, or yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm not getting uh, any, but uh, they are uh, for, how do I word this without getting anybody in trouble? Um, there's... <laughs> Um, when they're, we would normally transfuse, uh, patients, uh, when we hit certain metrics, um, uh, they're adjusting, uh, those, uh, metrics based on the shortage. So people that need blood transfusions right now, uh, aren't getting them, um, because of the shortage. I think I said that <laughs> in a diplomatic yeah, that's way. Safe. <laughs> yeah, that felt good. All right. Felt safe. <laughs> Talk All right, to my you attorney. Guys, well... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much yeah. for taking the time to give us yeah. real-time, in-depth learning. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. really great. I learned a lot this episode. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Um, it, it's an area of medicine we have no clue about, but now I'm so stoked to like know more about this. Oh my god! You and Isaiah are closer now. <laughs> I know. I see what's happening in there. Um, yeah. Now, now Jessica won't look as confused when we're like when me and Mom are talking about dialysis and like oh, all the yeah. different chemicals, you know, oh, the yeah. sodium, the potassium. Because I remember one time we were having dinner and me and Mom brought up dialysis and we were talking about like the different things and Jessica just like I'm just like, like a deer and like, headlights. Like we're literally confused. talking like an alien language or something. <laughs> like she's looking at us all confused. And it, it is interesting because I have had to take Isaiah to dialysis once or twice. And there mm. was that one time I happened to take him recently where my mom was out of town yeah. and it, you know. Mark and Isaiah are like, uh oh, uh oh, the 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 pressure's too low. We need to get him up. Blood and I'm like, pressure's too low. What is happening right now? <laughs> Just, Super lost. Jessica was like, she's. Jessica was more like, she's conscious, he's fine. And whereas me and Mark are like, my blood pressure's too low. We need to get it up a little bit. We uh-huh. can't leave. We can't leave yet. We've been here for hours. Yeah. <laughs> but Mark, I understand that outside of your practice as a nurse, Merce, uh, you're also a creative individual like the rest of us LA folk. Could you scrape off the top of what your other talents are for the listeners? Just right oh, off the top. Oh, wow. Uh, I got a few. Uh, I got a few irons in the fire. Um, uh, interesting thing. Uh, when I... Uh, Came down to LA, uh, so I was uh, I was up in Seattle for about uh, ten years, and um, I took an interest in film while I was up there, and uh, so I went to um, I took a <laughs> there was a screenwriting uh, series up at the Seattle Film Institute, and um, so um, this is actually how I landed in in LA, um, but uh, my teacher. Up there, uh, I went through the course. I, I loved it. I never ever thought about like writing screenplays or writing films. And uh, I took this class, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, this is a whole, this a whole it's different a world." From uh, yeah, it's a whole <laughs> beast. And uh, I had done some other writing. I I had a, a short stint where I was a reporter for. Uh, I was just doing freelance, uh, some freelance journalism, um, a, a while back uh, in the Seattle area. And, um, I had, <laughs> oh my God, this is a long winded answer, but I'm, I'm getting back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting, getting back to, uh, uh, to, to, to the film school. But I had, um, uh, back in my twenties, I decided I wanted to write a book. So I, I, um, I had written a novel earlier when I was younger and, um, I hadn't, um, I hadn't thought of like film. I don't know what it was. I love movies. I've always loved movies. Never dawned on me. 
so I just, I just randomly took this class. I fell in love with it. And, um, that my teacher was just like, Oh, there's this dude named Robert McKee. He's just like the number one screenwriting, um, uh, course in the country. If you're serious about, uh, um, screenwriting, you go, go take this course. So I flew down to LA and, um, I, I, I took this class and, um, it was, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And so, um, I was just like, you know what, this is where the action is. Uh, let's go do this. And there were some other things happening in my life where I was just like, you know what, I need to change in scene. And, um, uh, so I, I, I moved to uh, LA and, um, so, um, there was that I, I wrote like, uh, three scripts, um, and um, I entered in all the sort of, I don't have any contacts down here, but I entered him in like the, you know, the top contests uh, in, in uh, Hollywood. Festivals. And yeah, the festivals, all of that stuff. I, I had a little bit of action. Uh, all of this, all three screenplays made it into like, uh, I think it was like the Austin, I was like made it into the, like the semifinals, quarterfinals for like Austin Film Festival, mm-hmm. Blue Cat screenplay. Awesome. Uh, probably the biggest uh, um uh, <laughs> near miss, I should say, was uh, the last screenplay I wrote um, made it into the um, uh, the the uh, Academy Awards sponsors a contest called the Nichols uh, Fellowship, and uh, so I made it into their uh, top ten percent and uh, cool. got invited yeah. to their award ceremony, which was that was a really big LA moment for me. It was. I, you know, most of these contests are associated with various content, uh, with various production companies. And so I was just mm-hmm. like, ah, I know they're like kind of affiliated with, uh, the Academy or whatnot. But, uh, I went there and it was like, I was like, holy smokes. It was at the Writers Guild. It was like Ooh, downtown. Wow. <laughs> they had like the big, uh, you know, the, the big statues, the Oscar mm-hmm. statues, the red carpet, and then, um, so there was like this year, there was like over 8,000 entries and, um, there was five scripts that won and, uh, they had some actors come in there and read scenes from, uh, uh, the screenplay. So, um, uh, that was, that's one of the things, uh, that I was doing. Oh my God. You are lighting a fire under me. This is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so fun. And so, um. Uh, so that was one of the things. So I got the writing thing going on. And then, um, about a year back, a good friend of mine from Seattle, uh, named Ty Bailey also decided to, uh, move down to LA. Not related. I I don't know if he was following me. Ty, are you following me? (laughs) 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 So, uh, Ty was this, uh, interesting, uh, um, uh, guy, we were in the same circle of friends. We all knew uh, musicians. Uh, I, I had a band up in uh, Seattle. I, I cut a couple records up there. Oh, actually, hey, right behind me, um, <laughs> these two these two records. I'm pointing to the to the records. You can't see me, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, these two records uh, I recorded up in Seattle, and so um, uh, I was I was doing some music. This is actually before nursing school, and. Um, and so we were, I just knew Ty kind of from the scene. We had never played uh, uh, in a band together, together or anything. Yeah. And so uh, I just, I, I knew him, but I hadn't actually worked with him before. And um, 
he moved down to LA. Oh my God, I'm telling Ty a story. I hope I tell it right. Um, <laughs> it's uh, actually, we, I do want the story, but I actually have the question for oh, our- Oh, sure, go ahead. Go surprise, ahead. our Patreon. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you guys, we left, I'm going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger because the story is so good. I'm already like, <laughs> oh, I want, I want more. So if you want to hear the rest of the story, guess what? At the end of this week, you will get a Patreon with Mark. So <laughs> surprise. And we, we get to hear more of his story and we also get to hear some of this Thai story, but also coincidentally i met ty in a whole different like avenue of my life yeah, and then yeah, later right. on met mark mm-hmm, and we're like wait <laughs> we have the same mutual musical friend what the heck six degrees so, of separation that's really Why? cool right yeah. it's so cool so all right well sorry mark to cut no, you off that's but, all right yeah, if you guys want yeah. if you want the rest of this beautiful story because it's, it's i'm telling you i can already tell it's gonna be great <laughs> um make sure that you subscribe to our patreon it's only like five bucks i think it'll go even lower like three bucks it's like nothing a month for you guys um and then we can hear more about his life in music and medicine do it and, support yeah, the so- arts <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but that wraps us up for today's episode. And as always, we leave you with the final burning question. Maybe not so burning, but it's a final <laughs> one. And the question is, have you ever had a health scare that fortunately Ooh. ended up being absolutely nothing? <laughs> where, where you're like Googling your symptoms and you're like, oh my gosh, am I dying? <laughs> we've all Google. had these moments. Dr. Google. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you'd like to keep up with us in our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and subscribe to our Patreon, all under at Talks and Sips. For our guests, uh, Instagrams, whatever they want to plug out there, we'll have that in the description as well as ours. And... You know, we also have a website if you want to check out links, not for this episode, but for our research heavy episodes. Uh, but that all be said, we have been Talks and Sips, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. 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 Goodbye.